1: Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead.
2: Welcome to Blowing Bubbles for Monday. I'm Samuel Mann. In Dunedin, from my house, into the second week of working from home. Although for some of the time I work from home anyway, so that's not a big difference. But it's all the other stuff that's that's proving to be interesting, including with Shane and Mawira putting the show together. They're not here today, but I am with Jeremy Hanshaw, who is in Bangkok. I assume it's in Bangkok. You're Hello, Keola.
1: I'm indeed. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Saudi
2: Cup.
3: How do you do? Very
2: nice well.
1: To
2: be here. You've probably been following the New Zealand media, so you you do know what the the why we're talking about bubbles.
1: I do indeed, absolutely, yes.
2: But it's it's not a term it's that other people around the world are really using. How is it? How is what's going on being described in your part of the world?
1: Ah, well, I would say here, probably, probably interested and confused because i think that obviously we are in an unprecedented um um unprecedented situation and i think that people are um people are i think understandably discombobulated but also optimistic that this should be only uh, Temporary, all being well.
2: So, who have you got so in your bubble? Well, what did your bubble look like?
1: In my bubble, well, at the moment, it is a uh, twenty-six square meter apartment, which is actually um, pretty small. I'm planning to upgrade actually uh, to a place of about to twice the size <laughs> in a in a few weeks' time, which. Um, that has been, uh, I think, necessitated me, me by this uh, crisis. As I want to be able to, I want to be able to uh, to, to drink in the, in the lounge, in the first bedroom, in the second bedroom, and in the t- t- in the uh, t- in the, uh, t- in the uh, t- two bathrooms as well. Um, I will also possess a balcony and i'll be able to look at the pool that i'm not able to use at the moment i'll be able to look at the gym which i'm able to use i'm able to look at the garden which is busier than normal and i'm able to look at the lobby where all the tables and the chairs are actually away because it is um interestingly um interest interest interestingly as you as you try to go about your life At the supermarket and uh in the uh, takeaways which are um still open here it is a constant reminder of the fact that life is on current um um meritorium in that we aren't able to carry on in the way that we would do so normally as you enter into any public place there are uh temperature checks um although i did only yesterday enjoy um a trip to patia in order to renew my visa i traveled along um extremely empty roads which is unusual for this part of the world we are in fact renowned for our to traffic here in the bangkok um and i was able to get there in an hour and a half And while I was waiting uh, at immigration in order to meet the agent, I was able to sit in the restaurant and able to enjoy a beer and able to hear the birdsong as the sun was streaming in through the window. And it was a wonderful modicum of normalcy in this discombobulated time. Because Bangkok's normally a teeming place, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, I would say uh, the Bangkok on lockdown is probably similar to Dunedin during rush hour. (laughs) In so far as at the moment, the cars are actually able to move. (laughs)
2: So, is it is it official? Is, it, is you've all been sent home and then things closed? Well, at the
1: moment here we're in a in a in a kind of a hybrid uh, position. In so far as our numbers are actually stabilising and the number of new cases every day is slowly dropping. So we were so we were only at I uh, mean, only at but it was about one hundred and twenty new cases yesterday. Um, So, therefore, people are able to move around, you're able to go to the supermarket. you're able to go to takeaways. Um, But people are encouraged to stay home as much as they can. So what I do is that the places I used to call my social network, um, for example, the bar or the restaurant or the place I used to go to, um, it's become a takeaway place, which is in the darkness. And you're able to sit at a table and able to enjoy, able to joy a drink while they prepare your food, and you're able to talk to the other people there who are normally the regulars who are doing the same. And you're at at least two two distance in the dark. It ain't what it was, should we say, in terms of the atmosphere, but that little bit of social contact. Uh, which you're able to have once a day where you're able to catch up with the people um who you know you're able to able to share your stories about what you've been up to today about the virus you're able to have conversations with all the experts uh, about the virus because i didn't realize that there were so many lay epidemiologists in the world, but it appears there are, and um, we're able to share our understanding and able to look to the future. And an important thing I think, which which occurred out of our stories yesterday, was the fact that every day is a day closer to the end of this, which I think is important to bear in mind. And also, I think, I mean, it's a pretty popular meme on. Facebook, and actually, I used to think that they were called Meme, and they always say to not ever laugh at a person who mispronounces a word because they because they learnt it from reading. Um, This particular meme meme is um, of a person contemplating that we ought to consider precisely which aspects of normal life that we're actually in a rush to return to and i think that this has been an extremely interesting time in that ones able to take two possible standpoints we can either view it as a very positive time out as you can hear i do um have a stammer i'm often um in the past i used to have to give uh, k- keynote speeches and I would always explain to people I do actually have a stammer so you get more syllables your buck with my speech than I mean, most people and um, interestingly if I uh, speak a language fluently I appropriate it and I start to stammer in it so I'm able to stammer in English to, to Chinese to Thai and a bit of Lao and Vietnamese and I would always say to people in you know, order to break the ice that um People often ask me how many languages I can speak fluently. And the answer is no, 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 (laughs) none. But uh, yes, I mean, I would say that it's an interesting, interesting uh, opportunity to reflect on what aspects of life that we are actually keen to return to. And I, I think that it's interesting that we are. I think that historians will look back on this time and will say that 2020 and I put on Facebook the other day. 2020 vision I didn't I have to say I didn't I have to say I didn't see this coming um 2020 was a time was a time that uh for people truly upskilled they truly built capability in respect of the capacity to work remotely and interesting that all of those organizations that wouldn't allow their staff with underlying health issues to work from home, or people who are suffering from a disability, or even all the people that have to go and put a jacket on a chair in order to show their accountability. It isn't actually necessary for them to be in the same space, or, sorry, in the same place. I think this is an important distinction. We're able to be in the same space without being in the same place as we are at the moment. And I think that we will hopefully ensure a qualitatively superior degree of moments that we spend together. There are times that we actually want to come together. We actually want to be shoulder to shoulder. We actually want to work collaboratively on things. And then there are those moments that you're in an office, putting an email to the person next to you and you do not actually need to be there.
2: Let's play, don't stand so close to me by the police
1: excellent choice sir Bubble
4: Sprite of the Forest of Oroku Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, namahi aroha kia koutou, I hope you're all having the best day in your beautiful beloved bubbles. And I hope that this day full of sunshine, full of light here in Aote Porti, Dunedin has helped illuminate some new pathways for you in this beautiful new world that we find ourselves in and today i've been really really tuning in with all the opportunities that surround us at the moment for appreciating who we are and what we can do as an incredible species of animal and one of the things that we've already talked about is our beautiful living toolkit that enables us to create to exchange ideas to innovate To encourage and support one another and all living things in an infinite web of life. And the importance today and every day of conscious rest. And that's what I would love to tune in with you more about today for my bubble vision. So as we all know, this beautiful spaceship that we drive around in, our incredible body, the product of billions of years of evolution, does require rest And every day, as it gets dark, our beautiful body starts to release melatonin and we start to feel sleepy. And blue light from devices, of course, interferes with this. But not only do we require sleep, and sleep, of course, is a wonderful realm that I'd love to talk with you more about for a bubble vision, but we also require conscious rest. And conscious rest is different from sleep. And as we find ourselves exploring our beautiful bubbles every day, there are more opportunities now for conscious rest. And when I say those words to you, when I say those words, conscious rest, what I'm talking about is setting aside a part of your day where you are choosing to rest. And aside from that goal, There's no other goal. So it's an opportunity for you really to go within, to return home, to stay at home within yourself and just check in. And it can be for any amount of time that you want. I think it can be really lovely if you can set aside half an hour or an hour, but it could be for five minutes. It could be for one minute. But it's just an opportunity for you to take that time to really journey within to that stillness and that spaciousness that we all carry within us, that is beyond our mind, beyond the construct of the human world, beyond even our understanding of the real world, the natural world, and really is our true essence and our true essence beyond language. So I can say these words, but in order to experience it, we need to attempt this return home ourselves. And when we take that time to go within and connect with that stillness and the spaciousness, what we find is this wonderful opportunity to really retrain ourselves during this time in our bubbles so that we can more readily access that stillness and that spaciousness, especially when at a time like this, we're having to share our space with others. So today from my beautiful bubble, I've been really enjoying setting aside this time of conscious rest, and just tuning in with myself and just beginning with my breathing, slowing my breathing, tuning in with my breathing, seeing how I'm feeling today. And with that process, a body scan moving through the beautiful body starting with the feet, moving up to the head and just checking in all those physical aspects. And then going further and thinking about how I want to schedule my time and schedule my energy throughout my explorations in my bubble so that I'm getting that time to connect with myself as well as everybody else. So I really invite you all to take some time for conscious rest in your bubbles, and I'm really looking forward to catching up with you next time. So thank you all for being born. Thank you all for being amazing. Thank you for adding your unique magic to this universe. We're so lucky to have you here. And I look forward to speaking with you again soon. Ka
2: So talking about not standing so close, one of the memes that I've seen is the, it's all very well for those of us in the Western world to talk about this privilege of self-isolation, or or to talk about self-isolation, but we really do need to see that it's a privilege. That we've got houses yes, in which we can safely self-isolate, and we can happily buy weeks or months worth of food. Yes, and toilet paper, <laughs> and, and, and stand two and stand two meters away from people on the street.
1: Absolutely, and I mean that um, I would say here there are people who well, it's an interesting point that I mean in Thailand it is a middle-income country um, as opposed to being in in the developed world or indeed being in the in the so-called developing world it's an in-between space but the people who i meet every day who are trying to get by by operating on a skeleton business this includes a falang which is Type of for foreigners this includes um locals who are trying to run their businesses so for example we have a good friend of mine who owns a spanish mediterranean restaurant and he is trying to soldier on with takeaway uh we have a friend who owns a dive bar and um he's doing the same and he's actually using the opportunity as a and he's trying to use this as an opportunity to uh, improve the place and to extend the bar of people who for example the um, we have a woman on the corner of the street close to me, who I go to for my Thai food. It's an excellent food. And the other day, back only yesterday, I went there and ordered a Krapamu Kaidao, which is basically a Thai basil uh, chicken with some rice and a fried egg on top, which uh, costs uh, 50 baht, which is about $2. And I gave her $4. And said, so that's fine, keep change," Because, you know, these people are, Suffering and um, in Bangkok, it's common to have what's called a motorcy, which is the motorbike to taxi, and they wear bright orange shirts and they queue up at important in- interceptions and outside train stations and things to take people on their way home. They are the motorbike to taxi. Normally, there's a queue of people waiting for a motorcycle but at the moment, we have a queue of motorcycles waiting for people, and it's just very clear that life is very different from how it was. I think that we are also experiencing great acts of generosity i know quite a few friends who've been told they can have a rent um holiday i know that the government is also kicking in with these things but there are people who always fall between the cracks and these are those who will truly suffer and it's an extremely hard time for me my life is quite similar i'm only being stifled in respect of i can't go down the bar and have a few beers my mates whereas there are people who are truly suffering, and I think this is true in the UK as well, and all over the world. I mean, as you can hear, I am from the UK, so that's my point of got to reference.
3: Rahui Images by
1: Andy Thompson, providing us with daily inspiration through the camera lens. See Andy's pictures on Andy Thompson Photography, Nz.co.nz.
5: Kia ora, Andy Thompson here for COVID-19 Rahui Images blog for 30th of March. This one I've called Reflections and it's a good time maybe for some people at the moment to take time out and to reflect on where they're at with life and uh, the situation that we face at the moment. is um, a great chance to look back and, and reflect over what you observe and if you Uh, consider when you go out um, on a photography trip not only is it art but it's also a chance for you to look around and increase your observational skills and uh, the trick is is that um, uh, take time when you go walking out and uh, a good challenge which is what i'm facing is, is to try and photograph around my local area and so uh, when I go out, um, the key thing is is to kind of take a moment to settle your brain down, clear your head, and start to be observant uh, about what you're seeing around in your local area. And actually you'll find that things will just pop out. On this particular one, it was a really great day and I really didn't know what the heck I was going to photograph that day. Didn't know what was going to pop out. But we passed these puddles and I'd passed them quite a few times thinking that would be a great day. Opportunity to uh, to take some photos. In fact, I thought about it the other day about doing reflections, and it struck me. And so I started playing around with these puddles and the reflections. I had uh, Joe looking back into the into the, got having a look in the puddle, and that was quite cool. And then I got the leaves. And uh, my photography tip for this particular Rahui blog is thinking about observation. Uh, so when you head out and you go photographing, sometimes even, it's actually quite good not even to pick up the camera. Have the camera handy, but don't actually don't actually think about the camera. Take some times, 5 or 10 minutes, to really concentrate on settling yourself down, listen to your breathing, listen to the sounds, notice the smells, and view the range of colours that are kind of coming through your palette and try and soak up the subtleties of the light because light is everything in photography. So soak that in and even on a dull day, it's quite amazing what you can see when you start to be observant. And the cool thing is, is that when you start to be observant through your own local area, you start to see things. And so this also can lend itself to uh, while you're staying in your rahui bubble, um, you might actually see a few things that you might want to do locally. And looking after the local area is really where it starts in regards to uh, sustainability and it's also where it starts to helping uh, impact the world in regards to what you can do in your local area. So observation and photography is just such a wonderful skill to develop. And when we're stressed and we're busy, it's pretty hard to be observant. In fact, the world goes past really fast. So I really encourage you to take some time out, uh, clear your head. Um, Even if it's for one minute, every day, you'll find that you'll actually start to see things that you've never seen before, and especially when you're walking around your local environment. So yeah, keep your eyes open, keep breathing, and uh, take some time to clear the head and start to be observant. And if you start to be, start to develop your observation skills, you'll find you'll see more things that will be of value to uh, photograph. So keep it all in mind, kia kaha, wishing you all the best in your own bubble out there, and make sure that you stay well and stay safe and be kind to others. Kia kaha.
1: I actually have on my fridge, let me get you and oh, wow. this calendar on my fridge which I was given as a Christmas present from Una. <laughs> um, the interesting thing about furthering my d- d- doctoral c- 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 candidature at this moment Sam is I'm just coming to the end of my review of learning which I hope to have out in space by early next week and um, is that one has to be mindful of the future we are doing this for the future we are not planning our death (laughs) we're actually planning the future and i mean at the moment you and i are a similar age i think we are in our prime no we can't run how we could when we were 18 years old and who and who, who cares our intellectual space is so much more rich than it was 20 or 30 years ago. And yet 20 or 30 years ago is where we cut our teeth and is, is what made us who we are today. And doing that review of learning really does make that clear to me. These There are many frames of practice that I can now release. These are detritus, but they're not useless. And I refer in my review of learning to the poem, Ithaca that talks about the fact that when you should find Ithaca if you should find her somehow missing she has not fooled you indeed she gave you the wonderful journey and that's very true of all my previous frames as a grammarian as a language teacher previously as a husband never as a father I think um and as uh as a manager even, and even as a former CEO. These are my f- previous frames of practice that are no longer required. I'm in a new place now. And that's the reason why I didn't even want – my l- lovely sister um, happened upon my old computer in her loft, and she said, oh, we have your master's on here. Do you want it? And I said, actually, no, because I have moved on. It's not. It's no longer relevant to this place. <laughs>
2: terms of new knowledge once we get past the, the the straight technical the fact that everybody has suddenly discovered that they can indeed use zoom or teams or whatever it is that yes. they're using
1: to communicate yes. what do you think yes. we're going to learn from this well i think it's an interesting question because we have realized that we're able to survive without ever coming within two meters of each other ever again which would obviously uh Rule out certain aspects of our future in that we wouldn't last very long beyond seventy years at least. (laughs) But um, as a species, but I I think that the whole way that we approach each other at the moment shows that we still want to communicate. So I don't know about in New Zealand where you probably aren't communicating at all, but in Bangkok we are currently doing the elbow bump which is how we greet our friends now. We used to shake their hands, we used to hug them, we used to kiss them, now we bump elbows. This is the new way of saying hello on the basis that you can't lick your elbow, or certainly I can't, I know because I've tried. um, It's a pretty safe way of communicating. So we still yearn for that connection but we can't have it. So I'm hoping that at this moment in time, when we are unable to communicate in the way that we normally do, we appreciate. And similar to yesterday, when I was in that little place in Pattaya, next immigration with the birds singing and the sun coming through and the staff smiling at me, I could see their smiles in their eyes with their masks. And I was drinking my Leo, which is a beer here in Thailand, bitterly with my mask pulled down at the time, being quite renegade but you can't really the video through a mask after all. And I was just thinking, well, I do hope that when all this is over, we're able to appreciate what it is that we actually truly have.
2: I was talking to Bonnie Robinson, who I think you know, who is doing her doctorate in social justice in management, the relationship between those two. Um, And she said that um, this is very much a... A moment in which um, values are being laid bare absolutely she's having to make decisions on the fly, and instant decision making this is how we're going, and so it really does come down to those those core principles that we that we sort of hold true. You're talking about the u k uh, all of a sudden
1: austerity's gone yes, that's funny, isn't it? We could afford it after all. We saw that coming. Exactly. <laughs> so,
2: so what is this teaching us about those sorts of values?
1: I think it's teaching us across the world, across the world here, Sam, that the people that we consider to be the low-skilled people are our core. They are our central or essential workers. The person that stocks the shelves in the supermarket, the person that pushes the trolleys, the person that is at the checkout, the person that delivers your mail, the person that delivers the food on the moped, the doctor, the nurse, the educator remotely, but we are less key in this respect because we are working for a more, less. well, let's say we're working for a less immediate future. The people who are the core, the key are those the carers, and all the people who are doing all the fundamental work that we still need to survive. If we think about Maslow's hierarchy, we are at the top now. We're trying to feed ourselves. We're trying to keep ourselves dry. We're trying to keep ourselves safe, keep ourselves healthy. And the key people in this are the important ones. If the bankers, the stockbrokers, the estate agents, all due respect to them, we all need them in the normal world, we probably hope that we are able to return to, were to stop working, wouldn't we notice only that we weren't able to upgrade to a two-bed, two-bath apartment and have to stay in our studio alive and well. But the truth is that we really need these people and we realize
3: this. Liesel Mitchell is a downtown dweller,
1: urban explorer and conversationalist observing city life in lockdown.
0: Hello there this is Liesel, and um, just a big shout out to all the bubble people out there so hey bubble people from this bubble person. Um, Hope you're having a a rad kind of a day uh, out there in bubble land Um, so, today I kind of felt like talking about the supermarket. Yeah, yeah, the supermarket. Uh, okay, where do I even start? I, I've had, I've had an experience at the supermarket today. I ran the gauntlet, as I like to call it, uh, because I do feel a little bit like everything else in my life is kind of under control, because I'm in my bubble, I'm by myself, Um, I'm going for walks, but every time I come home, I kind of, you know, do the old wash the hands thing and make sure my phone's clean and stuff, and then I kind of feel decontaminated. I don't know what I'm meant to be feeling, but, you know, supposedly we've got to be careful, and for good reason, by the sounds of it. So I'm um, coming home and feeling quite comfortable, but really the supermarket is probably the one place where I feel like, okay, there's not... Not as much control over my environment here. Uh, there's more people. There's um, lots of, uh, I guess, just, you know, uncertainty. We, we don't really know a lot of stuff. So going to the supermarket feels like you're sort of venturing into that space where you don't know. You know, maybe people are sick. Maybe people are there that are sick. Maybe people are, I don't know, not being responsible or being as thoughtful as, as you might be. So there's a, there's a certain anxiety or stress or pressure um, there's definitely stress around going to the supermarket, which is such a shame because I love going to the supermarket normally. <laughs> I, I take my time, I enjoy it, I usually cruise every aisle and you know, just stroll around and don't usually even pay attention to the fact that there's other people around too much. But now it's hyper awareness of where everybody is and how everyone's behaving and kind of getting in there and getting out as fast as you can. So I um I actually tried to go to the supermarket yesterday. Had a few things that I needed and had decided that I'll go to the supermarket once a week and do my shop and that'll be my my shopping done for the, for the week, just being organised about it and stuff. So I tried to go yesterday. I'd run out of milk and so I definitely needed to go. And uh, of course, of course, how was I going to make my coffee without my milk? So um, <laughs> I... Uh, I rocked up at about 10.30 to the countdown downtown here and uh, there was just a, a full car park. Like, the car park was absolutely jam-packed. And I just saw that and thought, oh, no, I, I can't be bothered going in if it's really, really busy. So I sort of turned around and just went home and thought, oh, I'll, I'll try again later. So I went back about four and there was this huge queue down the side of the countdown supermarket, sort of like outside there. And I thought, oh, gosh, right. No, not really feeling like standing in a queue with lots of people and this is crazy. So yep, abandoned abandoned supermarket mission number two. So this morning I decided right, today I'm gonna to get up early and I'm just gonna get there as soon as it opens and I'll do the shopping right away. So that was, that was the cunning plan. And I got there at about quarter to nine and then realized um, it wasn't gonna open till nine. So sort of came back 15 minutes later and there's already a queue so I thought right I've got to get in the queue so I stood in the queue and stood my two meters away from the person who was not standing two meters away from the person in front of them and I kind of was trying to trying to calm myself and see it as an opportunity for stillness and quiet and uh, enjoying the pace of life but really it just frustrated me (laughs) so... I eventually got in there, got my groceries, came out and just felt really stressed by the whole thing. So I'm not looking forward to having to do that again, but I think I need to come up with some good tactics for how I can make it a less stressful experience. So if you've got any ideas, field them my way, because I would love to hear, (laughs) but I hope the rest of you are not struggling too much with the whole supermarket thing and, um, and are uh, enjoying, like I'm trying to, this pace of life, which is just that much slower. And that's something that we've really got to be grateful for. Okay, well, that's it from me for today. Have a great day and uh, take absolutely. care of Absolutely,
1: absolutely right. And I think about my recent sojourn in Dunedin, because I was with you in Aotearoa, New Zealand, on the island of the waters of the Green Stone, only a month ago. And I have to say that I have really, really found my Outer Row New Zealand experience wonderful. It has really resonated to me and I have built landscape into my academic frame of practice because it is so important and I hadn't realized that it was always there. There was always landscape there. But New Zealand has really helped me to understand this through this wonderful topographical, geographical, interpretive lens. But I, ha- the the people I encountered were the bus driver, the person in the Otago bookshop that sold me my go card, um, the the wonderful colleagues who serve you in the Otago Polytechnic Eden facility, and it's just the people that you encounter on a daily basis that make your day. And I think that this time really helps us to focus on those people because we do not experience them now. Or If you're here in Bangkok, you do, but you only experience them in a very limited way and you probably don't experience them at all. Maybe you will experience them in a limited way before you experience them to the full extent. And then when we do, I hope we appreciate them to the full extent. It's all part of the human experience, which I think if there is anything to be taken from this, it is the appreciation of the human experience that we are currently missing. And we will, I'm sure, soon be able to reclaim and appreciate for the first time. As T.S. Eliot says, you arrive at a place you study from and you see it for the first time. I paraphrase.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting about that place because it's confined us to our place. Everybody had not
1: very many in, days
2: to choose where they were going to stay.
1: Yes. Isn't that interesting? Because I saw the mischief from the government. and I have to say that your prime minister has done a fantastic job. I'm completely apolitical regarding New Zealand, but I think she has had such an enormous amount to cope with the past couple of years with the dreadful events of Canterbury and her resonating uh, discourse concerning that and all that she has had to cope with. And she's a mum. I mean, goodness gracious me, if you ever wanted to have a role model for a person who is a 21st century person, absolutely fantastic. And I mean, and I do not want to get political, so I will not talk about the UK. (laughs) 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 I'll just do a i really really think that at these at at this time we start to understand who we are as a species and it's interesting that the enemy is microscopic everything is everything is well at macro level the earth is blue the environment is better we're looking out of our windows at the world we're connecting it bizarre that in this 21st century world we can connect better than ever before and yet we feel a disconnect because we cannot connect physically. So to what extent are we, to what extent do we require the need to actually physically connect? And this is the future, and if so, is it satisfactory? Are we happy with it? I think we need to do a, a box ticking exercise, we need to consider which aspects of the here and now we like which aspect we don't like and we need to do the best of whatever it is that we decide is basically on our card
2: so what's the biggest success you've had in the last couple
1: of years oh that's a question for you um this is by no means a political comment it's actually true it's actually working for otago polytechnic (laughs) because I love you guys and I have a wonderful life working within the funnel of OP and I live in Bangkok and I get to work with wonderful people and it really suits me because I work from home so I'm, I'm not seeing a big difference in my professional life I think you alluded about yourself I know you spend more time on campus than I do though I always try and be there if I'm there because after all what's the point of flying me (laughs) to New Zealand and I go and work in my bedroom, that's a bit pointless. Um, But um, I it's the social aspects of my life that have changed, but I have a whole new element to my life, which is New Zealand. And it is literally the antipodes from which I come. I come from the UK. I remember when I first arrived in New Zealand and I was speaking to a colleague and it's extremely dear colleague, who explained to me as we walked towards the post office so I could change my, to tie Bart into New Zealand dollar, that Dunedin is large enough to have some fun and do what you wanted to do, but it's small enough that you aren't able to trick people. You have to be honest because it's it's so small that everyone knows your story. And I think that the thing that most resonates with me, the past year and a half now, of uh, working in your beautiful, beautiful country, on your beautiful island, is that it's all about the stories. And I hadn't realized that. When you're having a chat to your friends in the pub, when you're catching up with your sister, when you're talking to your best friend from Finland, whatever you're doing, you're sharing stories. And it's all about those stories that resonate. And that's why I'm so incredibly, incredibly excited about my doctorate, because I am working in stories. It's as simple as that. Of course, we know it isn't, but actually it is. If it's the good stuff, it's simple as, to use a QE phrase.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, over on Sustainable Lens, we are writing a book of our conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. So it's a book celebrating celebrating the, the the good work of the people who are working for a positive future. So we'll borrow yes. it from Sustainable Lens and, and work on the basis that that uh, that you're in the mansion on on the, the on the team. I want to know what your Lovely. superpower is. What's got you into the mansion?
1: Superpower? Wow! Probably my stammer that's my superpower because i'll tell you a story it's all about stories isn't it after all sam i at the age of 21 as a graduate i applied to to journalism school and at my interview i was speaking three words a minute under stress i didn't get in i can't imagine why and um, despite having a very nice letter from the editor of the guardian who said you should do this but no it's not the time Uh, they were going through the paper crisis and um, I went to a wonderful place called the City Lit and the City Lit is the City Literary Institute and when you queue up uh, for a coffee at the City Lit in their cafe you're next to the stockbroker who's doing his level four exams you're next to the person who's on the course to learn to count to, to change correctly And you're next to me, who's on the speech therapy course to learn to live with your stammer. And the City Lit is a real leveller. It really is. Whoever you are, when you walk in that door, you are the same. And it's wonderful for that reason. And it's actually the largest adult education institute in Europe. And despite recent political nonsense in the UK, we're still in Europe. (laughs) And... um, I remember as part of my speech therapy, I had to learn the voluntary stammering. And voluntary stammering is where you stammer on purpose. And all of a sudden, if you stammer on purpose, you are in control of your speech as opposed to your speech controlling you. Now, there are various reasons why you stammer basically a problem between the central vortex and the part of the brain that controls speech. It's a communication dysfunction. Um, And I believe that uh, stammering also has various positive aspects, but I won't go into those right now. But I remember very clearly on this course embracing my stammer and realizing I'm a person who stammers. And my stammer has taught me a lot. It's taught me that appearances can be deceptive a courtesy i strive to show to others it's taught me that you do not have to be judged by how you necessarily immediately appear again i strive to show that to others and it's fundamentally taught me that as a communicator as an educator i don't have to necessarily be constrained by my speech if i was a If I was a footballer, it would probably be my kicking leg that was the problem. But because I am a pedagogue, an adragog, a person that communicates, a person that needs to socially integrate, that needs to currently bump elbows with other people, it's important that I am able to at least do my little bit. And of course, I also argue it's the only reason I'm not Prime Minister. After all, what other reason could there be? So,
2: do you consider yourself to be an
1: activist? Yes, I do. But an activist within a peaceful space. So, I don't wish to go to war. I don't wish to even raise a placard. I do a little bit on Facebook, which, of course, is probably the cowardly way of memes, memes, as we call them. Oh, I'll go and share that because that um, expresses my view. Or maybe not in the morning. I shall delete it. I think that... um, I am an activist, but I'm an activist in, in a positive way. And whatever I can do to further my my own, my colleagues, and my colleagues' learners' practices is good. It, it actually helps us to refine the good stuff where we actually come together. I remember a wonderful, another story, one of uh, actually my favorite movie, which is the best... Ec- ec- exotic marigold hotel there's a wonderful scene between the, the, the dame judy dench and the dame maggie smith now i am no supporter of the um of the royal uh, uh t- t- titles but if there was two people that deserve to be called dames it's definitely those two i have to say and they were in the courtyard of their wonderful little Marigold Hotel in Hyderabad, where they were because they couldn't afford to retire to the UK. Political point, and they were talking about the future. And uh, the Dame Maggie Smith she turned to Dame and She said, "Are you planning on staying?" And Dame Viden said, "I'm not sure." She said, "Things haven't really turned out as I planned. We haven't actually spoken much, and I think that's my fault." To which Dame maybe said, no problem, Evelyn. She said, well, she said, um, quite often something else will happen instead. And frequently, that is the good stuff. And isn't that true of our life? That things don't turn out as you'd planned. But that which happens instead is the good stuff. And it's my greatest wish that this, in this moment and in this time, in this space, in this story, that we as the human story, we're able to say, well, it hasn't worked out as we planned 2020, but something else will happen instead. And maybe that's the good stuff.
2: Which leads perfectly into my second last question, which is of all the changes that we're seeing at the moment not necessarily the personal changes, but the changes at a societal level, what do we hope will stick?
1: I hope we will continue the human connection that has never been greater than in the past few weeks. So we are seeing people connected at a subatomic level much more than ever before and this little nasty this this little beastie this little subatomic thing that is the COVID 19 i think has brought us all together ironically in a world where we are more dispersed than ever and we're working online we are more resonatedly together than we've ever been or in our lifetime anyway And they talk about the Second World War mentality and there's all all propaganda and this, that, and the other. But I genuinely believe that we are together more than we were. And we appreciate the human experience. We actually appreciate humanity more. We realize what humanity is when we are distanced. And I hope that we... And I also hope... We will appreciate our key workers, our key workers. They are not low middle income people. They are our core and core means central or essential. And they are, let's recognize them. Let's appreciate them. Let's value them and let's pay them accordingly.
2: Lastly, you've just given us some good advice there, but do you have any advice for our listeners?
1: Uh, My only advice is all is well and all will be well. My love to you all, and I hope that you are well in your spaces. Love your families and yourselves. Look after yourselves and do not ever carry anything in your bag that is heavy, anything that weighs you down that makes you look at your feet. Always look to the horizon, my friends, because there is your future and walk boldly in the new light. That's all I can say.
2: Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you, Sam. It's been a pleasure. You've Wishing you listen- well in your little bubble. Thank you very much. And you and yours. You've been listening you, to Blowing Bubbles brought to you by Sustainable Lens, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We're on Otago Access Radio, oar.org.nz. Live there, streaming there, and podcast there. We're also podcast on sustainablelens.org. I'm Samuel Mann. I've been talking with Jeremy Hanshaw, who works for Otago Polytech, amongst other places, but lives in Bangkok, so he's an expert at this working remotely business. That was Blowing Bubbles. We hope you enjoyed the show.
0: This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the Air.